You are listening to the podcast of the Y Church of the Elk River YMCA in Minnesota. Our mission is to seek Jesus, connect together, and share his love. At this time, we're going to be looking in scripture for today. So I invite Carol to come on up. We're looking at 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verses 1 through 5. Carol, welcome. As for other matters, brothers and sisters, pray for us that the message of the Lord may spread rapidly and be honored, just as it was with you. And pray that we may be delivered from wicked and evil people, for not everyone has faith. But the Lord is faithful, and he will strengthen you and protect you from the evil one. We have confidence in the Lord that you are doing and will continue to do the things we command. May the Lord direct your hearts into God's love and Christ's perseverance. Well, good morning. Good to be with you all today in worship. And here we get to just focus in a bit more on the word. And so as you were sitting around the table, got to ask one another, what's the furthest you've gone running before. I'm not sure if you're familiar with a runner from Minnesota named Heather Dornadin, or now she's married, Heather Camp. And there's a pretty cool video out there of her back in 2008. She was running for the U of M, and she's in this 600-meter race. She's got about 200 meters to go, and she trips and falls over. She's down, and everyone else in the race is running past her, and you'd think it would be over. But for Heather, she gets back up. And Heather chose to keep running. And you might think, like, that's nice that she's just going to kind of, for the principle of the thing, like, say that she finished. Uh, But she closes that gap. The 200 meters that are left, she not only catches up to everyone else who is running ahead of her, she ends up winning the race. So if you ever can look that up on YouTube, it's a pretty cool, gets you feeling good or not so good about yourself when you see how fast that she is at running. Along those lines, this may come as a surprise to you, but I am... Not as fit or as fast as a professional runner, but I did get into running for a little bit before we went to Papua New Guinea, and I had seen this challenge for running 100 miles in the month of January. This is in 2022, and so I kind of worked out the math, like what would that look like each day, and again, very novice, beginning runner. Went for my first mile, and that was difficult, and kept doing these kind of two, three-mile runs at a time and met the goal by the end of January. And I decided I'd keep at it and keep going and kind of learn more about just how I could eat better to support me in that and weight training and things like that. And eventually there was a half marathon down in Minneapolis around Minnehaha Falls and went for that, met my goal just within seconds of the time that I wanted to do. And then further along in that year, a couple months after, we were in New Zealand and I heard there was a a half marathon And being on the other side of the world doesn't make you faster than you would be on the top side of the world. I hadn't really kept up with training as well and didn't really make it. But I had a great little receiver at the other end to cheer me on when I finished. But that key part, as anyone who's into athletics of any kind, is that perseverance. There's not only the physical persevering, but so much of it is in our minds, right? That we continue on, that we push further than we think we can go and have that perseverance to finish the race. Like in Heather's case, 
she worked harder because she was behind and ended up being the one that won. So I think we can all relate to needing that extra push to go a little bit further. And we can relate to that in many ways, more than just a physical race. Maybe you're coming in here this morning and there's opposition in your life. There's things that you are being faced with to persevere through. Maybe that's through things in our marriages, in our parenting. Maybe there's situations at work where, man, this is just all hitting right now. Or lack of work, uh, lack of income, things that are really putting stumbling blocks in our way. Things in our faith, health crises, any number of things can really throw a curveball in our life, really disrupt things and interrupt the flow that we're going in. And we have that opportunity then to persevere, to choose to be steadfast. But really, when we're in the thick of things, are those kind of quick little slogans or positive thinking, are they enough to get us going? And I would argue that they're, they're pretty empty and shallow compared to what we can gain from the Lord And just digging in our heels, having a cheerleader can help so much, but they're fruitless if it's apart from God. So it's not just us as individuals that persevere, but in our communities, right? In our families, in our churches, in our neighborhoods, in our workplaces, that we have opportunity to be in relationship with other people. And as disciples of Jesus, we then also have that opportunity to persevere in seeing the progress of the gospel, of seeing his word pushed forward, of seeing others come to know the truth and the life and light of Jesus. So when we look at this passage, we can see a theme of perseverance, of being steadfast. And John, from this passage, we can find three different areas that perseverance applies to. Firstly, in our personal walk with God. Secondly, that we would persevere in community with others. And then thirdly, that we would persevere in the progress of the gospel. So the first area that we'll look into is perseverance in our personal walk with God. So I know that the title that we refer to of the book is Second Thessalonians, not Second Thessalonian. But even though he was writing to a group, a community, it applies at the individual level as well and applies to us as well. So let's look at chapter 3, the verses 3 and 4. But the Lord is faithful, and he will strengthen you and protect you from the evil one. We have confidence in the Lord that you are doing and will continue to do the things we command. You can see the image in the background. If that is a good description pictorially of what your walk with God currently is like, praise God. Hallelujah. If yours is a little more uphill at times or has a few more obstacles, you're in good company and continue to praise God. Hallelujah. We have perseverance as our topic today of how we can continue to persevere and be steadfast in our personal, individual walk with God. So as we look at those verses, we can see there's so much that God does that we can trust that God is going to be perfectly faithful. That is God who will strengthen us, and it's God who will protect us. That's something that comes outside of ourselves. It's not our doing, our capability, and so much of it is what He does. 
And just to kind of look at the Thessalonians and their context, we see from 1 Thessalonians that the Lord's message rang out from them, that their faith in God became known everywhere. They were such model, exemplary disciples of Jesus that it caught the attention of so many around them. And these were people who had a significant change from where they were to where they were going once they received the gospel. And we can see that it's so impactful for them. Again, in 1 Thessalonians, we read that the good news came to them with power, with the Holy Spirit and deep conviction. So it wasn't just like a little message like, oh, that sounds good, I'll maybe take it or leave it. No, this was something significant and powerful that impacted them deeply and impacted them in all the ways that they were living their life and choosing to be different than the people around them. So we see what God's part in this is, and also we see our part of it, where we exercise discipline in being faithful in what we are supposed to do. We place our trust in God, even if not especially when things aren't going so good. And even the part that is ours is really rooted in and centered around God. We don't produce self-discipline out of our humanity. The fruit of the Spirit includes self-control. And we see that coming and being oriented around God. So perseverance in our personal walk with God is important. Perseverance in our personal walk with God is challenging, and it can take on many expressions. So there's different kinds of spiritual disciplines, different ways that we as an individual can connect with God. That might be through real thoughtful, heartfelt study of the Word, through individual prayer, our prayer time with God on our own with Him, even worshiping on our own, just us and Him, or even silence before God. And I don't know about you, but like taking five minutes of just trying to be quiet, not just with the environment around me, but in me of my thoughts and just shutting down and literally just being silent before God, even five minutes is, is a massive challenge for me, yet there's so much fruit that can come of that, of being truly still before the Lord and having that time devoted to Him. It could come through reflection with God too, where we look back on our day or recent times or even further in the past of seeing how God has acted before that gives us faith and encouragement to persevere in our faith in the present and going forward. And in the context of this passage, the Thessalonians were converted to Christianity despite persecution. So we read that the Thessalonians welcomed the message in the midst of severe suffering And they welcomed that message with the joy given by the Holy Spirit. They witnessed Paul and his companions both in their conduct and in their speech, which included the message of Christ. Paul modeled this way of living to them, this different way of believing, of trusting, of acting, and they followed him. And he's now in this passage encouraging them to remain faithful despite any opposition And Paul himself is a model of this kind of perseverance, for both he and the Thessalonians were faced with persecution in their lives. So the second area we will look at is this corporate community aspect of our perseverance in the faith. And we can find community in so many different ways, whether it's in our families, uh, teams, people that we work with, in our churches, our neighborhoods. There's many different ways that we experience 
community. And we can trust that God will strengthen and protect us at an individual level. And we can trust that he will strengthen and protect us as we are in relational community with one another. And there's so much difference between being alone and being with others. My wife and I have gotten into this show called Alone on Netflix. It's like a survival reality show where they're just dumped off in the middle of nowhere Canada and they're just stuck there to see who can outlast each other for the longest time surviving on their own. And there's a lot of beautiful things that come out of solitude, that come out of being on our own. And we just went through different ways that we can relate to God and persevere in our faith on our own. And there's a lot of beauty that comes through living in community, doing life together as disciples of Jesus. Without relationship, there is no letter from Paul to the Thessalonians. He was so involved in their life. Again, he wasn't just passing through quickly and said, you know, here's something you might want to check out. He took time. He committed living among them, living with them, and showing so much as well as teaching them so much. Relationship is absolutely essential. We were designed to experience community with one another. And again, we experience that community in so many different ways, in our families, in our neighborhoods, with our work colleagues, in our church family. And we can see how this passage relates to community and life together. So again, looking at verse 1, just that importance of praying that Paul asks for the Thessalonians to pray for them. And verses 4 and 5, we have confidence in the Lord that you are doing and will continue to do the things we command. And may the Lord direct your hearts into God's love and Christ's perseverance. So simply put, we are better together as we live out our Christian convictions in community with and in support of one another. And we can see that through accountability, through encouragement, through lifting up one another in prayer support. You've heard it said before, if you want to go fast, go alone. But if you want to go far, we go together. So the community of faith that the Thessalonians had formed, their church, people that they gathered with as disciples of Jesus, that would have provided a great deal of support and encouragement to them as they faced persecution and hardship. And we have much, us, you and I, have much to offer one another in many different ways as we go through our life together, as we go through our faith journeys together by modeling to one another. Different people are at different places in their journey, and we have so much to learn and benefit from each other as we go through life together, as well as how we give, how we encourage in praying for one another, in sharing life together, and in serving one another. And we have such a practical focus after the service, right, of getting to gather and rally around this whole concept of serving And as we look forward to this new fall season of how we get to serve in our church, and we don't serve just so we can check the box and say, you know, I did something good at church today. We serve because we belong to this community. We have a responsibility within our family of serving in different roles and taking care of different areas. And we serve one another, even if that one another is someone we've never met, whether they've been here for 10 years, whether this is their first time walking through, that we as disciples of Jesus get to serve one another just as the model that he has set before, too, of that self-sacrificial love, of that way that we can give to one another. 
It all relates to this iron sharpening iron that we can live together in being discipled at the same time, that we learn and grow together, that we can persevere as individuals and we can persevere in community with one another. So the last area concerning perseverance that we'll look at is carrying the gospel message and Christian witness forward. So Paul and his companions, they were all in when they came to Thessalonica and they were sharing with the Thessalonians. They faced strong opposition. They had a horrible time in Philippi before they got there. And even amidst all this challenge and opposition, they continued to persevere. And they were all in as they shared the good news of Jesus with the Thessalonians. And the Thessalonians, they were all in as they accepted the message and the way of life that was shared with them. Again, the way that they were living before was serving idols, and they turned from that to follow and live for the one true God. And it's easy to read a short chapter in the Bible and say, you know, the Thessalonians, they did a good thing. They were going one way and they went another way. But to really absorb and think about what that would have actually looked like and involved, to have business partners, to have relatives, to have neighbors that are totally not understanding what you are doing, the way you are now believing, the way you are living, after having lived in such a way prior and serving in religious worship in a whole different way, abandoning that now and going after the one true living God who other people were not understanding and not following with them. And yet they continued, the Thessalonians, to pursue him, to pursue God and to pursue living for him And that's such an example and a model that was shown throughout their whole region of the love that they had for one another. Their faith in God was such an example for others to follow. And it's something that, you know, for us here centuries later to read and to really find encouragement from ourselves to persevere in the faith and to really continue in community and at an individual level to push forward, but also to push the gospel forward. And that can be a challenging thing. You know, in our day and time, our time and place, we're not at risk of losing our lives, probably not at risk of losing our livelihoods uh, for sharing the gospel. But there are things that we might say, you know, this is something that is valuable to me or something that's comfortable, and I don't want to lose that. It's a little clunky to insert this in my workplace, or it's a little awkward for me to approach this in my neighborhood. But to really consider what is it that would kind of stand in our way of persevering in the sharing of the gospel. Again, as we read from the first verse that the message of the Lord would spread rapidly and be honored, just as it was with the Thessalonians. That not everyone that heard Paul's message just grabbed onto it and honored it. Many people would have rejected it and said, you know, that maybe works for you. That maybe works in in this understanding, but it's not for me, or I think that's just not even accurate or true. And we see those same messages communicated today, right, of people who are just not thinking that that's that's the way they want to go, that maybe that's good enough for you, but, you know, leave me alone about it. But we have that encouragement to persevere prayerfully, to see the gospel spread and to continue our responsibility as growing disciples ourselves is then to see more disciples come and be made and to know Jesus. Again, not just a quick sign-up, a one-off occasion of, you know, this is good, 
but to really grow and develop in that discipleship, in that personal relationship with God. And the beautiful part is that it's not our message. It's God's word. It's God's message that goes forth. He is the one who sends it out in his power. And it's such a blessing and an honor then that we can participate with the living God who's put this message out there, who's been living this through Jesus, his son, that we can then continue in that ministry by the power of the Holy Spirit that Jesus started so long ago. And this comes through word and deed. Our actions matter. The things that we say matter. And there's so many ways that we can express our faith and Christian convictions to others and seeing that continue on beyond just ourselves. So the perseverance that we need may be applied to circumstances that differ from the Thessalonians. Again, a different time and place, different context that what they were faced with. But perseverance, steadfastness, is still needed for us as we continue. And this perseverance, it comes from God. It is not of ourselves. This isn't just like, let's just, you know, be real strong and we'll just try to soldier on on our own. And uh, no amount of grit is going to put us in God's position. Again, he started this whole thing, right? And we're just partnering with him. The train is moving and we're choosing to jump on and see where he goes. And we might not have a full understanding of all that is involved. We might not have a full understanding of what it's going to look like, what it's going to feel like. But we have that opportunity nonetheless to put that one foot in front of the other, to persevere and follow wherever God is leading, however God is leading. Again, this happens at that personal level, in community, and in the progress of the gospel. So we should ask ourselves, who or what else is tempting me to trust in them or it rather than God? If we know that God is faithful, we know that he's not going to fail us, what is it that has you know, influence in our lives that would be tempting to listen to and say, you know, I'm going to go this way, and I'll follow God to this point. But really having that willingness to persevere and take that further step, even if we're uncertain of where it's going to go, knowing that even when we lack faith or are without faith, that he is perfectly faithful, lacking no faith, no faithfulness or steadfastness at all. And thankfully, we're not in this alone, that we can look to each other for support and encouragement as we go about our day-to-day lives. That as we gather on a Sunday morning, as we go into the workplace, as we're in our neighborhoods, in our families, that we can reach out to one another and say, you know, this just happened. So-and-so is sick. This did not go to plan. Um, I'm facing this obstacle. We don't have to just kind of be in little silos and, and just experience it on our own, but to rely on one another, to seek help from one another, to pursue support and encouragement of other people. And it's a powerful opportunity for us then as we follow in Christ's model and example to lift one another up, to encourage one another. There's this whole idea of sympathy versus empathy. You know, sympathy has been described as you find your friend in a hole and you're looking down in the hole and you're just, you know, that's too bad that you're down in the hole. You should have done it this way. You know, if you climbed up, you could get out. If you had a rope, you could get out. And just offering pity and just things that are kind of more serving you than them. Whereas empathy would do, walk by, see your friend in the pit, and crawl into the pit with them and sit with them. Just be. Not even necessarily offering solutions, not necessarily even opening our mouths, 
But in those trying, difficult times, to just have someone's presence is going to help us to persevere further in our own journey together. When we have those kind of friendships, those relationships are the most powerful in our lives when we are going through challenging times and we have people rallying around us in support. So how do we persevere in spreading the gospel in our own lives? This is something for each of us to weigh up and to consider. How can I go further from where I'm at in sharing the gospel with other people? And, and not doing it in forced, like contrived, awkward, clunky ways, but if we're loving Jesus, that we tell other people about him. I love Larissa, and I talk about her every now and then. And uh, I think she talks about me every now and then, too. And uh, if we love Jesus, then we're going to be just naturally going to be sharing about our faith in him in ways that are not just beating people over the head, in ways that aren't these awkward, forced ways, but it's just a part of our own personal journey of discipleship and seeing others join in as well. So there are different ways that we can apply and engage in persevering. And it's such an encouragement for us to receive. And we can think about how this God-based perseverance could impact whatever circumstances you find yourself in today. So it's not just toughing it out on our own, but it's based on who God is and what God does in his nature and character. Our aim ought to be to act as God acts. As we come into different situations, really challenge ourselves of thinking, based on what we understand of God's word, of what we know about God, how would God act in this situation? And to ask him for that wisdom to pursue and to have that perseverance to apply in our lives. And we pursue this in our personal walks with God and in community with others. And no matter our circumstances, we all have the opportunity to put perseverance, to put steadfastness into practice. None of us have come to the finish line yet. No matter our age or no matter our years of walking with God, we all have more to push through, more to persevere in, more to grow and more to go. And this is not done in a self-striving way, but in a way that has its foundation and goal in God. So we may need to ask ourselves, how will I allow God to direct my heart into his love and the perseverance of Jesus? Again, how can I love like God? How can I persevere as Jesus did, who went all the way to the bitter end, thinking of others, of not giving up the mission that he was tasked with, of not giving up on serving and loving and forgiving others. So if we can figure this out with God and with one another, so much can change in our lives. When adversity comes our way, when we encounter temptation, we can hold fast with God as our strength and God as our protector. That we would love as God loves and that we would persevere as Christ has persevered. Please pray with me. Lord God, we thank you for your word. Thank you for just the ministry that the Apostle Paul had in the Thessalonians community. And Lord, thank you for how these people so long ago completely left what they were all about and went to serve the one true living God. And thank you for this encouragement to persevere, to trust God as our protector, as our strength, to continue in the things that are going to benefit us in our faith journey, and to do so as individuals and together, and to be seeing the progress of the gospel that it wouldn't end with us, but be passed along to other people. So ask for your help, God, to act as you would act, to persevere, to be steadfast as you are, Jesus. 
And we thank you for your model and example in your word to us. May it bear fruit in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to the Y Church podcast. For more information about the Y Church, check us out online at thewychurch.org.